It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, you know, Rich, I think we, I think we uh, always get into the most important issues one way or the other. Sometimes there are so many we can't cover them all, but one most important issue that I feel strongly about is voting. Oh, you, uh, exactly. American citizenship and being a responsible adult in our society requires every eligible individual to vote. What do you say about that? And by uh, the way, welcome to the studio again. Oh, thank you. I'm feeling better and better. I and, see you uh, still have your cane with you. I, I'm walking with a cane, and I'm walking better and better, and uh, everything is going great. Yeah. But yes, voting and taking your uh, rights and privileges and responsibilities as an American citizen yeah. seriously. You see, your mother and I voted early because I'm old and I don't walk well, so I wanted to find a place uh, what would be very convenient. I wouldn't have any stairs. I wouldn't have any long walk from parking. And then we found that, and we both went and voted. And for some reason, I feel so good. I feel like I have done what I'm supposed to do, even though I'm, I'm pretty old and handicapped and things like that. I still did what I should do. Now, I used Tony Perkins' uh, Family Research Council voter guide. And that may sound strange to some of our listeners, but how do you get a hold of that, Rich? And yeah, then well, you, yeah it's not now. just Tony Perkins. It's a bunch of different wonderful groups have gotten together, and this is called iVoterGuide.com. Okay, That's now the listen, website. folks. iVoterGuide.com. That's all one. No spaces there. You put your address, and then it will give you the candidates for your state. Then you can decide based on what they stand well, for if they represent you or not. Because some of them, in spite of the commercials, stand for nothing, or even worse than that. So it's a wonderful resource, so iVoterGuide.com. Anyway, now, Rich, we got to get on with this. Um, I was in St. Louis a number of years ago uh, for a meeting, and I got there quite early, and it was at the old courthouse in St. Louis, the old courthouse that had tried. Uh, the Dred Scott decision the Dred was Scott started decision. there. But anyway, as I sat there off to the side, way off to the side, they were having a citizenship. Uh, uh, whatever the judge takes people and makes them a U.S. citizen. And I was so fascinated. I was so fascinated. I want our listeners to hear this now. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen that I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America. 
against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will bear arms on behalf of the United States, when required by the law, that I will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required by the law, that I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by the law and that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. So help me God. I welcome you all to the fabric of American society as American citizens. You may wave that flag. It is all right, now wait a minute, Rich, I'll tell you what. Uh, see, I don't know, is it is it possible today for people to to still have citizenship in some other country? They call that dual citizenship. I think that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, what country do you are you a citizen of? And do you then support and work as hard as you can to make it a decent place to live? But anyway, when I heard that, it made me so proud. I was born here, but other people were not. And they paid a big price and effort and stood in line to do it according to the law. Think of what's happening in our southern border now hmm. and how the politicians are saying, well, it's okay. Don't worry about a thing. I want the folks to hear now uh, from what uh, Captain Clay Higgins had to say. He's... He's, well, you, he'll speak for himself. Here it is. I'm a regular American. Over the course of my 54 years, I've lived the sort of life that many of you have. I've been failed. I've been fallen. I've struggled and overcame and failed again. I've known hunger. I've enjoyed feast. I'm a street cop, an old soldier, a husband, a father, a Christian, I'm Irish and English and German. My story could be the tale of any American, regardless of color or creed. Despite our own individual heritage and culture, all of us, every one of us, through our lives and by our family's history, has woven the thread that defines our flag, has dedicated life and limb and treasure to establish the nation we love. All of us, young, old, wealthy, poor, black, white, liberal, conservative. Every single one of us, first and foremost, is an American. And if you're listening to this message, and if you can agree on a basic premise I've just stated, then please lend me your ear for the next couple of minutes. If you can't even set aside your hate long enough to allow truth to speak to your heart, then by all means, step aside, child, and let the adults work. America is a nation built by imperfect men driven by perfect intent. We've overcome every imaginable horror through our history. Some of it 
horrors of our own creation. This is the way of a man's life. My own is no exception, nor is yours. And thus, also, is the way of a nation's life. America has never been without fault, nor have we ever claimed such a status. America is, however, the very finest example of free men assembled that the world has ever established. American soldiers have died on every shore to preserve our nation intact. The sun never sets on American dedication to the foundational principle that defines our own Constitution, that all men are created equal. American citizens work tirelessly across the globe to bring relief to the poor, to bring peace to the besieged, to bring stability to the shaken, and to bring freedom to the oppressed. Yet now, our own nation is threatened. America's in grave peril from threat across the seas and also from within. The elected and appointed elitist few who have seized power in Washington have squandered our wealth, mortgaged our children's future, and betrayed our trust. America faces a $20 trillion debt. Even with courageous action now, our so-called leaders in D.C. have mortgaged our future for an entire generation yet unborn. Our once respected and feared status as the world's most powerful nation has been diminished. Our own allies across the globe no longer trust us. Our borders are no longer sovereign. Our cities are on fire. Our police are murdered in the street. Our history is being rewritten. Our veterans return to a nation almost unrecognizable and are forced to battle the oppression of their own government. Our prisons overflow with poor men who long ago paid their debt to society. Meanwhile, our nation is run by thieves, thieves in suits, career politicians that no longer represent we, the people. They represent strictly their own agenda, greed, and ravenous hunger for power. I've often said in my career as a cop that a man's character shouldn't be measured by how he falls. It should be measured by how he stands back up and in many ways, our nation has fallen. Now I ask you to join me. I ask you to take the hand of your brother and sister of every creed as we magnify our strength by the power of our American spirit. I ask you to set aside our differences and stand together as one nation under God, to stand as one people beneath the glory of one flag, to stand as a nation reborn, as we face perils both foreign and domestic. Together, we can stand this thing back up. Our finest hour can yet lay ahead. The threats we face are menacing and real, but an American nation standing as one is a force the world's evils cannot defeat, a force that career politicians fear, a force that every peril dreads that foreign horrors like ISIS tremble before. You are that force. We are that force. America's not done. Real Americans are not defeated. We are strong. We are one. I'm Captain Clay Higgins, a simple man, a humble American man. From bended knee, I thank you for what you are. My brothers and sisters all joined by the bond of our spirit. Uh, Captain, Captain Clay Higgins.
You speak from my heart as well. How about you, Rich? My goodness, what an inspiring speech. You know, um, we are in a mess, folks. But you've heard me say over and over again, it's because of we the people. Maybe don't take it seriously. Maybe we the people either don't vote or we don't make sure that our children are being raised so they're not 15, 16, 17-year-old kids thinking somehow maybe they're not even the gender that they truly uh, are. I mean, it's a mess. Yeah, but it's, it's because evil. we the people are kind of getting sloppy and lazy and not doing our job. However, however, we still live in America, and Johnny Cash had something to say about it. I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, no, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flagpole is leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans With Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams And it almost fell at the Alamo Beside the Texas flag, but she waved on though She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville And she got cut again at Shiloh Hill There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard and Bragg and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam And now they've about quit waving back here at home In her own good land here she's been abused She's been burned, dishonored, denied, and refused And the government for which she stands Is scandalized throughout the land And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin But she's in good shape for the shape she's in She's been through the fire before And I believe she can take a whole lot more So we raise her up every morning We take her down every night We don't let her touch the ground And we fold her upright On second thought I do like to brag Cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag I tell you what, folks, I tell you what now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed that song and it brings thoughts to your mind, uh, are you going to vote? Mm -hmm. 
And then if you go vote, are you going to know who to vote for? Don't pay attention to the commercials. That's why there's got to be a voter guide from somebody that you trust, that you really trust to be honest and let you have clarity to who you're going to vote for. Well, the issues are so stark and uh, different these days. I mean, you want to vote for religious liberty. You want to vote for life. You want to vote for common sense in the public school uh, school boards. Now, if you're part of the Bot Radio Network family, you surely know who John MacArthur is. (laughs) I think, you know, he's been on on Bot Radio Network about 50 years, isn't it? 40 years anyway, at least that long. So you know who John MacArthur is, and he was having a meeting not long ago, and a teenager asked him a question in the public question and answer period. Listen to this. Hello, I'm Claire, and my question is Hi, um, in regards to transgender. I have an older sibling, actually, who is transgender, and my question is just how to approach that biblically, um, it, specifically in regards to what pronouns to use, um, and just in general. Yeah, Claire, bless your heart for asking that. Simply stated, there is no such thing as transgender. You're either XX or XY. That's Mm -hmm. it. God made man male and female. That is determined genetically. That is physiology. That is science. That is reality. This notion that you are something other than your biology is a cultural construct intended as an assault on God. Now, your sibling may not see it that way, but that's what it's all about. And as more than anything, in fact, I was reading an article by R.C. Sproul just yesterday in which he said that the greatest revolution in American history was neither the American Revolution or the Industrial Revolution. It is the sexual revolution. This this has become the most far-reaching, damaging of all revolutions that's ever occurred in this country or any other. The, the, The problem with buying into this is it is a kind of personal suicide. It is literally the end of your existence in the way that God designed you. Um, I've said this a few weeks ago, a person who is in the transgender world is 19 times more likely to kill himself or herself because you have completely cut yourself off from reality and from normal relationships. This is the end of your identity. This is the end of your ability to have A marriage that is a real marriage, it's the end of your ability to have a family, it's the end of your ability to connect and and to be a part of a society and a culture and have a future and belong. It It is a kind of extreme isolation that can be no more extreme. You can't get more extreme than saying, I am not who I actually am because that becomes an utterly imperceptible identity. You literally have disconnected yourself from existence. You aren't who you are. You are some fantasy person in your own mind. Look, this is going to continue to escalate because we live in a world where people are told to construct whatever they want themselves to be. This is what the Internet does to people. It allows you to to create yourself the way you want to create yourself. 
You can access whatever is out there and you can create your own world, your own reality and you can live in that world. The isolation of this particular aspect of it is so sad and so tragic. I read the other day a surgery was done in Australia on a five-year-old to do a sex change. These kinds of parents ought to be imprisoned who would lead a five-year-old and what kind of doctor would ever do that in a hospital in Australia? This is a kind of scarring for life. So I, I, don't, I don't mean by being so firm that, that you want to be l lacking in love when you communicate this, but I think the only way you can address it honestly is to say, God made you. And God made you exactly the way He wanted you to be. You're not only fighting God in His physical creation, you are even more importantly fighting God in His sovereignty. You are fighting God in His spiritual relationship to you. This is a war on God. I'm not going to let God tell me who I am. I'm not going to let God define me. I'm going to be my own God. I'm going to define myself. And you're in, a, you're in Romans 1 and that's a reprobate mind. That's a mind that doesn't even function. So while saying that with firmness so you understand it, I think this has to be dealt with with love and compassion because there's some, some holes in the heart of someone going in that direction. There's a, a lack of being loved and accepted and feeling wanted and needed and significant. So on the one hand, the reality of that lie and deception is so damaging, so destructive, so isolating, so corrupting that it needs to be confronted. But on the other hand, that confrontation can't exaggerate what already exists, which is a sense of feeling isolated in relationships. So you've got to find the fine line between confronting the error of it to protect the person and at the same time providing the love and affirmation that that person needs to be all that God would have that person be. Does that help? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Uh -huh. Isn't that something, Rich? That's uh, speaking listen, the truth in love. I, but if you think about it, that young girl was totally without resource in order to answer the question. And she was asking John MacArthur, please help me. Where do please you go in today's me. world to get that kind of Bible truth? I tell you what, folks, there was a black pastor recently from, uh, let's see. It's where, in North Carolina. Oh, in Wake, Wake County School Board meeting. Right. In, uh, in, in uh, North Carolina. Yes. Now, mind you, this is a school board meeting. And the preacher shows up, and this is what he had to say. Luke chapter 17 and 2 says, It is better for a person to have a millstone tied around their neck and to be thrown into the sea than for anyone to harm or damage a child. And so the question today to the school board is, only you know whether or not your role the policies, the curriculum, and the things that you allow in this school system in Wake County, only you know whether or not a millstone is tied around your neck. The reality is this, God is going to judge every last 
one of you for decisions that are made on behalf of children. You know, this past year we spent $1 million on a diversity office. And how did that benefit black children? How did it benefit children in general? Well, 78% of third through eighth grade black students are not proficient in math in Wake County. We're wasting taxpayer dollars putting money towards this diversity office that's not benefiting those who need it the most. 66% of third through eighth grade students are not proficient in reading. Black students, they're not reading on grade level. They're not performing mathematically and they're not going to be able to get jobs in the fields like STEM. But we're wasting money on a diversity, equity, and inclusion office while we are failing black students in the name of diversity. You know, in the Jim Crow era, black students were locked out of the public school system. But today they are trapped in. And many of these students need options. They need school choice. They need the opportunity to take their taxpayer dollars and take it to school systems that will benefit them and support them and educate them. And as we talk about inclusion and making sure that the trans student feels comfortable and the queer student feels comfortable, what does that have to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic? As we are in, oh, as we as we are teaching cultural Marxism and grooming children to be the next pervert, we are damaging our kids in this public school system, and it needs to stop. Wow, oh, Rich, who is that preacher? Dad, who's that, that is Pastor John Amanchikwu, and he is the youth pastor at Church of God in Christ in Raleigh, North Carolina, showing up at that school board I'll tell meeting. Tell you what, that congregation. As a man of God, who's going to deliver the mail, isn't he? That's right. Isn't That's that right. We need bold now, folks, preachers to preach the truth. If you folks think that your children are not getting the same where they are, uh, don't fool yourself. Uh, you got to be parents and take care of your kids, for goodness sakes. And it starts with at least voting and knowing what you're voting about. That's right. What's the phone number, Rich? 1-800-345-2621. That's our listener comment line. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-345-2621. And this is uh, Dick Bott with this chapter of The Complete Story with my son, Rich. Good to have you back in the studio, Rich. And we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.